Okay, let's get to it then. We've just had a commercial run probably with Elliot talking about uh, steaming meat. Oh, God, that was... That oh, you guys. read is so bad. After I, I listened to your guys's, I was like, Jesus, mine is so bad. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Hattrick. I am Jordan Deller-Coltman. I am joined by Elliot Tanti and my brother, Braden Deller-Coltman. Welcome back, Elliot. It's been a couple weeks off for you. How are you doing? Yeah, I was actually missing you guys a lot. It's it's really nice to be back. It's 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 nice to be chatting. How are you, Braden? Doing great. Happy to have uh, Elliot back. Uh, ready to talk more sports? Let's let's do it. Yeah, well, we'll get to it right away. We had some great guests the last couple of weeks. Uh, it is good to have the original three here, and we will dig into some some good topics. Uh, all right, here's topic one. Okay, so from the very beginning of this show. We've never shied away from controversy. We've never shied away from difficult topics, difficult conversations. That's always been something right from the beginning when Elliot first uh, pitched the idea of doing this show. He wanted to have a conversation about sports that wasn't just about what was on the field or on the ice or on the court, but about the bigger issues surrounding it. We've talked about Colin Kaepernick in the past. We've talked about names and racism. We've talked about sexism. We've talked about diversity in sports. We've tried to do our best throughout the times that we've had episodes to address uh, issues like that. And certainly as they become topical or they come up, we've always tried to um, have an elevated conversation about that. Uh, This week, obviously, we find ourselves in another situation concerning the NHL and another difficult... um, Another difficult situation for an organization. The Vancouver Canucks have placed Jake Vertanen on leave after um, concerning allegations. Those are their words about sexual misconduct. Again, their words. Uh, there was an interview aired recently here on a local news station with a woman who has accused Jake Vertanen of rape. Uh, we don't need to beat around the bush. That's exactly what uh, she's accused him of. I'm not going to get into the specifics of it because that's not what I want to talk about. The specifics of that are, again, um, they're being dealt with, and I'm sure you can find the specifics in many different places. That is also part of what I want to talk about. However, it's a 2017 incident, so this is this is recent past, but Jake Vertanen not currently playing or practicing or working for the Canucks. He's on leave. So that's where the story begins. What I want to dig into today with you guys and and have a conversation about is the bigger problem that we continue to find ourselves in every time one of these situations happen. Uh, Domestic abuse or uh, sexual misconduct, sexual assault happens more frequently in sports than um, a lot of people want to admit. It's unfortunate. It's what it is. We have to start to think about the bigger problems uh, in our own society that will be the solutions to why that exists. And that is what I want to talk about. The NHL does not have a domestic violence policy. It is not in the CBA. There is no public policy that you can find on their website or anything else. There is no go-to response for the NHL or their teams when an issue like this arises. For me, that's unacceptable. The second piece of it is how it is dealt with in the media and more specifically on social media. I think we find ourselves in these situations and very quickly they escalate to a conversation about due process or both sides of a story or um, turning it around and suggesting that, well, maybe it's just somebody being framed or any of these things. But the truth is um, two out of every three women in Canada has an experience of either sexual harassment or sexual assault. Okay. That means if there are three women in your life, two of them can tell you a story like this. That number is ridiculously high. 
every single day all across the world, women are trying not to be raped. Okay. That is just a fact. Men are the first part of this problem and they are the last part of this problem. We need as men to have these conversations more frequently than we are and more openly than we are. That's where I want to be. I was frustrated by how the media responded to this, how they dug into trying to get to the bottom of the details. But the bigger piece is why does the NHL not have a policy? And and, and, and why do we keep finding ourselves in this situation? That's where I want to dig into. So I'll, I know it's kind of broad and open. I'm frustrated. You can probably sense that. I'm angry. The story made me very angry. Um, and more to the point, the response that I saw on Twitter from other people who cover hockey, cover sports, let me be more clear, sorry, men who cover hockey and cover sports made me even more angry. Um, I guess I'll throw it to you. Elliot, what was your response to this situation and, 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 and to some of the things I brought up here? Well, let me start um, by just making uh, really clear, you know, how important I think it is, Jordan, for you have to put this forward and prioritize this topic this week. You brought this to us this group and we were talking about this. There was, there was not a question. So thank you for that. And thank you for your leadership on that. And obviously in, in your description, uh, your passion on this issue too. So I, you know, just to know uh, for stepping up. So I want to, I want to acknowledge that and that piece for you, you know, this is an awful thing to say, but when this all occurred, all I could think about was, would this have been Vancouver's reaction? Is this how the team would have, uh, behaved. This is what would have happened uh, if the Canucks were a better team this year, if they were in a playoff fight, if they were fighting for a home ice advantage. And I think that's obviously an awful thing to say. And I think it speaks to the lack of trust that I have in the institution of the NHL and hockey in general to deal with these really sensitive and difficult things. Uh, and that me as a fan who's pretty invested in this um, and, and, and has been around for long enough, knowing as you identified, Jordan, that there is no policy on these types of really uh, important and frankly sensitive issues. Uh, I, 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 the NHL is anything but consistent in these issues. And so that to me is, is really problematic. Uh, and maybe when that's where I'll end because that's serious enough of an allegation to make in a, in a way to describe this, but um we have a serious problem here with the way that people have are responding to this situation, have responded to situations in the past, have responded to other cultural issues in, in NHL. And those p people continue to have platforms, continue to be elevated, continue to be um, paid, frankly, to have uh, these very wish-washy opinions. And, uh, and it speaks to a larger culture. That's my take. Braden, thoughts? Yeah, my initial... Um... Reaction, I think, first and foremost, was disappointment. Disappointment that this is another um, incident that we're seeing this kind of thing take place. And when you know the the thing that really um, boils in me is that these are these are these aren't just you know professional athletes here. These are members of communities. The, you know, these players do work in these communities, and and they're role models. They're people that a lot of uh, young people look up to. So, you know, to see something uh something like this occur again um it's just it's it's it is really it's really disappointing um i do want to clear um one thing up you mentioned about the um code of conduct there is none uh, in the cba you said they 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 have um 
they have a proposed code of conduct. Um, I'll read it proposed. to you. A zero, a proposed, yes. Yeah. yeah. A, a zero tolerance policy for failure to notify the NHL of any incident involving clearly inappropriate, unlawful, or demonstrably abusive behavior, and a creation of mandatory annual counseling, education, and training programs for coaches and management. So, you know, what that looks like in terms of detail, I think, is uh, is a very important step moving forward for, for that organization. Um, I, I think what what my reaction to that, though, is, you know, you look at what hap is happening in the NFL with Deshaun Watson, there's 20 civil lawsuits against him um, uh, brought forward from from women who have, again, uh, alleged him of, of rape, sexual misconduct. And that policy that is in place for the NH uh, NFL, which they have, um, has not been followed through in any capacity. Uh, to, to this point. So it, you know, it, you, you see that there's proposed con code of conduct for the NHL. I think that, that, that that's an important necessary step. Um, but when you look to the left at another organization and how that's, how that's kicking in, I think, I think it's, uh, it's really troubling. Yeah. I think, I mean, the NFL's issues surrounding this are well-documented. I mean, there are at least a dozen players currently on contract to NHL or pardon me, NFL teams who have either allegations or actual convictions concerning these issues that have been moved through whatever the NFL's process is and been deemed either. I mean, I don't even know what the term is rehabilitated, some bullshit like that, that that allows them to still have the, the jobs they have in any other industry. That would not be the case, but we're dealing with millions and millions of dollars. And so somehow them as assets becomes more valuable. I mean, Antonio Brown literally has a job and he's got however many accusations against him as well. It, it's infuriating. I don't, I, I mean, that's a rabbit hole. The NFL is a completely different rabbit hole and why the NFL hates women when again, they're desperate to get grow as an organization with women viewers blows my mind, but that's a sidebar. The piece for me when we deal with this specifically, again, with the social media part of it is, and the media in general part of it is, I think what's frustrating is that, you know, there is this, I mean, much like the conversations we've had concerning race uh, and mo much like the conversations we've had about gender equity in sport. Well, you know, last week we spent an entire segment talking about the cancellation of the women's world championship. And then, you know, we got to a place where we were talking about, well, well, maybe the NHL needs to step up. It's like, how can you possibly expect the NHL to be supporting women's sports when, again, we're dealing with these conversations? They don't even have a policy to deal with women's human rights. I mean, this is ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? The social media part of it and the toxic masculinity that just exists in our sports culture at large is something that no one seems to have found the right way to to address from an organizational perspective and sorry like i said a moment ago you know when we talk about the race part of it you know we're dealing with systemic racism in our society in a new way we're starting to think about and draw awareness to white privilege and to societal privilege and these these situations but we are we are still somehow neglecting 50 percent of our population the fact that that we haven't dealt with with sexual violence and sexual harassment and sexual prejudice the same way is ridiculous to me you know misogyny is systemic in our society and until we start to recognize male privilege and until we start to recognize how again these organizations that are built almost exclusively of men and in the nhl almost exclusively of white men 
continue to bury their heads in the sand and only address these issues when they become unavoidable, like we have here today. And that's frustrating to me. Can I say, Jordan, I, not, this is not to dissuade anything that you've said or anything that's been said around this thing. And I think my point on this, you know, I've been really clear about this. I will say uh, for Vertana to be removed and, 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 and for it to be outed is a step in the right direction. And, I agree. And is absolutely I do agree necessary and, and is not something that you would have inspected two years ago. So I think there is some growth on these issues. But as you said, That's true. Uh, just because we're, you know, just like the, the only saving grace for the NHL in this and as, a, as a holistic thing is that no other league has really figured this out, which is not appropriate either. Right. That's true. And I, I will agree with that. I think, you know, They've done the Canucks have done the right thing, just as any uh, employer should. When you have an accusation against an employee, the best course of action would be to have them removed from the current situation until an investigation occurs. And again, I think it is fair to say, you know, all members involved have the right to due process. You know, we we believe in a justice system in this country where you are innocent until proven guilty. We have seen often that um, in these situations the rhetoric gets so hot so quickly though that we lose sight of that on both parts of it right i mean that was what i was most disgusted by online is how quickly a lot of the conversation turned to well she's probably lying she's probably doing yeah. all these things we turn yeah. to the victim and we blame the victim instead of giving both the victim and the accused due process that is where the problem exists but you can't have one and the other he can't be give him his day in court but then attack her that doesn't work that's not how the system or how a healthy society need, should function. Um, so I agree. You're right, Elliot. I think the Vancouver Canucks have done the only appropriate thing. It is frustrating that there isn't a league-wide policy for them to have followed, that they gratefully have done the right thing. We will see how that plays out. Um, but I think, again, it, it leads to a bigger uh, conversation that needs to continue and will obviously continue long past to the five minutes that we've already probably doubled now. Any last thoughts there, guys? Just how important that allyship is. Yeah, and the commitment, I think, from the three of us to continue to talk about these issues. Absolutely. And I encourage everyone at home to do the same. You know, bring these up. Don't avoid them. Have the conversations. And don't just have the conversations with the women in your lives, but have more importantly, have the conversations with the other men in your lives because, um, we can't continue to turn to women and expect them to tell us how to fix this problem. They have been trying for years and years and years to tell us how to fix this problem. Right. That's sorry. One last thought that it is, it, it becomes part of this, this bigger rhetoric where people turn it into like a cancel culture thing. And it isn't about canceling anybody. It isn't about cancel culture. That's just a, a, a talking point that's being weaponized to try to scare people. This isn't about that. This is about protecting people and about, fighting for everyone's equal rights just as we have with every other type of injustice that we we continue to, to try to address in sports and in society at whole i think we should leave it there thank you and uh, that's topic one Hey, Topic 2 this week is brought to us by Roma Pizza and Donair. Look, we all know that the best thing about Edmonton is the many Donair options. And I know, if you're like me, it can be overwhelming and stressful trying to hunt down the best. Well, my friends, 
We have found it, and it's time you did too. Roma Pizza and Donaire in Westbrook Aspen Gardens is Edmonton's best-kept secret. There's nothing quite like piping hot meat getting shaved and served with a generous ratio of sweet sauce. And look, I know someone out there is saying, yeah, no, that's not really my thing. Well, hold your horses, because there is more. Roma Pizza and Donaire not only serves Edmonton's best Donaire, but they also offer Roma's pizzas, dinner platters, chicken wings, chicken fingers, chicken nuggets, chicken tawook, salad, subs, burgers, baklava, coconut cake, and with summer right around the snow-covered corner, they also have summer specials, deep-fried pickles, and deep-fried Oreos. But hey, don't take my word for it. Sometimes tasting is believing. To order, call them at 780-944-9696. That's 780-944-9696. They're open every day except Sunday from 11 to 11 and open till midnight Friday and Saturday. You can also follow them on Instagram at Roma Pizza Donaire. Okay, topic two. We're going to go with something a little more fun, a little bit more upbeat um, and very on brand for the three of us. Every time we're sort of... Um, uh, we we sort of dig in on something a little bit more difficult like that. We we always resort back to just saying, we just talk about the Oilers after. Um, so we're going to talk about the Oilers because guess what? The Oilers have had a bit of a positive, uh, very positive season so far. It started off a little bit slow, but you know what? I'm starting to feel like that might just be kind of what the Oilers are. Even with Connor and Leon, they seem to have had these seasons now where in the last couple of months, they just, they find that extra gear. They sort of hit their stride. I remember a couple of years ago, the first heart, season for McDavid when they won the they got into the playoffs for the first time it was like the last couple games you just couldn't stop him he just he just all of a sudden was electric and then even last year before the shutdown I mean Dreisaitl was on an unbelievable pace you know he was he had that game against Nashville I think he had four or five points and it was like this guy's just next level and they're starting to look like that again which is great it's what you want going into the playoffs obviously um the conversation now isn't so much will they won't they make the playoffs it's where do they want who do they want to face in the playoffs and are they playing to try to catch to toronto so they can play the montreal canadians or are they happy to sit in second and take on those jets so what we're going to do is something a little different we're each going to just bring one oilers take and then sort of talk about it um uh, does anyone want to go first? Is anyone chomping at the bit for it? Yeah, champing at the bit. I don't know how that phrase yeah. goes. Elliot, I'm champing at the bit. I'm <laughs> champing at the bit to go. Uh, I'm champing at the bit because I'm deeply passionate about Darnell Nurse for the Norris. I think Darnell mm. Nurse, and I'm going to continue this take. Uh, I had him listed as the second best Oiler uh, when we did our top five Oiler segment. A couple months back uh i think he continues to be the second best oiler uh, uh on the team after Connor mcdavid um he's playing incredibly well uh with 15 goals 16 assists but not the point leader on defenseman obviously because tyson berry has that but time on uh, leader on time on ice time on um uh, the power play time on penalty kill time on five on five time on ice five on five all of these things uh, just indicative of someone who's a legit number one defenseman and playing like one of the most elite, you know, one of those seven or eight or nine guys that's the number one, uh, that, that's a true number one this year. Something we haven't had in a really, 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 really long time. At, uh, I, I would say since Chris Bronger. Um, everyone knock on wood, you don't want that hex to come back. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really passionate about the role of Darnell Nurse and what he's done for the team this year and, and, and where he's playing. And I think he should be in the Norris conversation. That, of course, coming from a guy who's not watched any other division except for the North this year. <laughs> Hot take uh, alert. 
I wish ding, I had ding, your ding, enthusiasm, ding. Elliot. I really do. Man, Darnell's having a great season. Yeah, but he is not Kale McCarr and he is not Fox. It's just saying yeah, he's not. Norris no, but neither of those guys are Norris. Uh, Norris uh, in the Norris Trophy uh, conversation right now. Kale McCarr had like a huge stretch. He was injured, and he, like he hasn't even been. Uh, like he's he's a great he's a great defenseman. Uh, Darnell Nurse is so much better than he is right now. That's, yeah, that's my take on Darnell Nurse. Darnell Nurse is Hedman. not going to it's going get. Ahead, yeah, he's not beating it's going Hedman, ahead. and he's not beating Fox. And he, I don't think he's better than Kale McCarr. I don't even think he's played better than. Well, you know what? I'll give you this. From the Listen. time Elliot made that pick, made that t- took that take, I watched a lot closer. Darnell Nurse is certainly the best Oiler defenseman we have had since Chris Pronger. I will give Absolutely. him that. This season, I want to make that very clear. Well, shit. This season so far. He's got to now be able to string this to next year in a couple of years before we start having the real conversation about what his his legacy is going to be with this team. But he has the potential to be a bona fide number one guy league wide that you definitely have in the Norris conversation. It just ain't gonna happen this year. Quick question, quick question: Yes or no to both of you? He makes five point six million dollars this year in the cap world. Is that a deal for the Oilers this year? Hell yeah! Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Oilers actually, yeah. you know, for as much of a cap stressed team as the Oilers are it's not they they they, they still have surprisingly nice uh, healthy contracts on some of the most dangerous pieces of their lineup Leon Dreisaitl might yeah. be the most underpaid NHL player when you look at what he brings contract wise on any other team he's their biggest contract he's probably only a couple chips below where McDavid is if he's playing for the Calgary Flames or he's playing for the Vancouver Canucks. He's going to be, you know, he he is underpaid for what his production is, considering the fact that he signed that contract before he became a Hart Trophy winner too. So the Oilers are lucky in that sense. They just are overpaying on some clunkers. I mean... Well, this is a good segue for my my, uh, hot take here. I think that one of the best bargain deals comes with probably one of our best players this year. Uh, Mike Smith on a one-year, one and a half million dollar deal. Come on, this guy's lights out. He's having career numbers, and I know that it's yeah. a shortened season, but his save percent percentage, like this, is the highest it's ever been. He's he's uh, he's got 18 wins, and I actually I really did think Koskinen was going to be the guy. Like right out of the gate, he was playing all those games. Uh, I thought, and I thought it was going to go back and forth a lot more than uh, than it did. But Mike Smith has been lights out for the Oilers this year. Like, you know what? It's the saves in that last game. Like, yeah, you're totally right. Calgary's just like, ah. You're totally right. You're totally right. Koskinen, we are in the position we were in because Koskinen kept us alive in those early games when the team wasn't always playing well. He he definitely played well. But it's interesting. You're right. They they sort of had this very quick role reversal when when Mike Smith came back. They just they He just couldn't keep up with what Mike Smith was offering. And I think the other thing that we haven't had on the Oilers in enough players is the kind of like just fight and emotional energy that that he brings you know it's the kind of thing yeah, we used to say like confidence. Hendricks brought or 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 uh um what was his name Jason Smith brought it was those kind of guys that were like the grittier guys in your lineup but when you have the guy who's literally carrying your team as a as a goaltender and he's also that emotional sort of heartbeat I mean that's gotta oh, yeah. be huge for that they, they want to play for him in front of him and the best thing, the best thing is, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the end of last season. I know I was screaming at my television and throwing remotes at the television, yelling, Mike Smith, will you stay in your fucking net? 
And it seems like he's figured out how to, you know, pick and choose his best, his decisions. But it's so great to be able to have that extra puck handling at the, at the back in there. It really alleviates a lot of that for the D. Anyway, that's my hot take. Mike Smith, best goalie for the Oilers. I agree. Uh, mine then I will jump to here. We can finish off with, um, the, I guess it's less of a take and it's more of a question because it's the question everybody wants to ask. And I, I do find it kind of fascinating. I mean, is Connor McDavid going to get to hundred points in this shortened season? And if, even if he doesn't like, are we, is the rest of the league giving him the respect or, or um, sort of attention that it, that the season he's having deserves. Let me put it in perspective. If we were playing an 82 game season right now, he would be on pace for 140 points. Okay. Nobody has made it over 120 in the last decade. 140 points in a shortened season, in a year when you're only playing the same six teams, right? These guys know who he is. And the only two teams really, frankly, who have had any success against McDavid consistently have been the Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. They're the only two teams that have found some way to shut him down. Every other team cannot contain him. And even those teams have had moments where he's just gone off. But like Connor, every McDavid, other Canadian team this year. That's the thing. And I keep having this conversation. That's what I mean. Every team he's played. Yeah. But we yeah. keep having this conversation about, you know, like, well, could this be his peak? Is this the best we will see from McDavid? The truth is, is like, if this is the best we're going to see from McDavid, should we not be expecting to see this for like three, four, five years? Like, he's going to have more of a plateau than a peak. This guy's insane. Is he going to get to 100 points? That's the question. What do you think, Connor? Or Elliot? Called you Connor. Well, I mean, you can call me Connor the podcast here. Uh, no, I, 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 here's here's what I would say. Like, you know, he's 13 points away with seven games to go. Uh, it's That's less than two points a game. How ridiculous is it is that we're just like, oh, yeah, I think he's, you know, there's a good chance he's going to just average two points a game. That's how good he is. Like, there's no player that you could just think like, even in their prime, even Crosby Ovechkin and like their, their prime prime, it was like, they, they, they were great players. Don't get me wrong, but could you, could you definitively say, Oh yeah, I could, you know, seven games, two points a game. That's pretty good. Here's what I'll say. He needs one. He needs one four point game, one, four or five point game, I think to make it. Cause I think there's probably going to be one stinker here. If he gets that, that, that multi-point game, that's like the, the, that's a four point, four plus point game. Then I think he does get there. Um, and he's got seven games to do it. Uh, but man, it doesn't matter whether it, <laughs> it's still an outstanding, remarkable season that is totally Jordan. I will just say it's totally unappreciated given uh, just what it would mean in, in, in regular time. And man, I'd love to see uh, 82 games of this. Just, oh, just, yeah. just, just for the, oh, just yeah. for the look on people's faces, you know? Well, and, and I mean, he is just to give you some context, he is now currently for his career. And although yes, his career is still relatively young. He is averaging 1.75 points per game. Okay. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky averaged 1.92 for his entire career. That's a total. This kid is at 1.79 already. He is, he is just different level and you know the other thing I, and i know i interrupted you Braden. i'll get i'll let you get in here in a second i just had to say this I, I, there was all this conversation this week about the nfl draft and the thing you the, one of the most overused terms larice and i both agree on this i hate this generational talent i fucking hate this term 
because every single year there seems to be a generational talent, which by de very definition, therefore, means there is not a generational talent. Generation is a generation. How long is a generation? I don't know, well, 25 well, years? Hold on a second. Hold on you a can't second. Are you Matthews suggesting can't be generational. They can't, there can't be more than one why, generational talent. Why can't there player. be multiple? Because why then not? They, You're talking about a, ge a, ge a generation. That's plural. Correct. And that means that to be the generational talent of your generation, you are the number one the guy of your generation. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, but I'm not hearing them say this is defining. the generational player. I'm hearing them say this is another generational yeah, player. Which another generational player. the entire talent. point of it. Then you're just another superstar. To be exactly. generational? No, no. To be generational, you have to be top of class for that entire generation. That's A what superstar. It means. And I would argue that there number are plenty one. other players that are not that. <laughs> no one in the NHL right now touches Connor McDavid talent-wise. So let me talk about the generational talent and why I think Connor McDavid will make the 100 mark. He plays – we played – the Oilers played the Canucks five times in our last, what, seven, eight games? We've got seven games left. Mm -hmm. This is a team that is coming off of COVID, uh, coming off of um, – a, a poor season this there he's gonna get the points this yes it, it's a lock he's getting it i, I think he's getting it two they games might against some, montreal two we might have a, montreal. <laughs> I that's what say. i worry about well they need to make a put they need to make a push to the playoffs here they need to get some get some more momentum under them i mean uh, and i think they're gonna be able to do it i again, think he's gonna gotta, be able to make that we got to put it in context last year prior to the lockout or the not lockout before the shutdown because of covid I think they played something like like 65 games, almost 70 games. I can't remember the exact number that the Oilers got to, right? They were about the same distance currently from the finish line. The difference is this year, what are they playing? 52 games, 58 games total? Yeah, something like that. He had 97 points last year, okay, <laughs> in that many games. This kid he wasn't is... very good last year. He was. He yeah, still, he was, but he, yeah, he's been he on the team for how many years? I'm just saying. I'm I know. Just saying this year historically is a different. It needs to be put in a different, different class because he's just it's insane. And I also want to say, you look at those points. Like again, we have the two best players in the league. Well, he set a record this year. Also underrated. He set like some ridiculous record for like he's nine straight multi-point games or that's the most multi-point games against one opponent in the entire <laughs> like for one player well, like that's well, like Gretzky but, level kind of and stuff. that would never have happened ever... because we would never have played Ottawa yeah. that many times. But I think <laughs> no, that wasn't Ottawa, but it was, it was someone else. He set like a ridiculous record for a number of point total points yeah. against Ottawa, but it was Same like. Team, yeah. hmm. But it was, uh, it might have been the Jets actually. I think when he got that last two points against the Jets, it's the first time that anyone's ever gotten any, anyway. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. The, 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 the previous record was, record was eight. So, you know, this kind of stuff, like, I just, this is when I, Jordan, you're not in Edmonton, but sometimes you listen to people talk about the others and they're so negative and they're so awful. And I get that the team's been really bad for a long time, but just sit back and enjoy this. Yeah. This is incredible. Like this is not something we're going to see again. You know, there's, there's, there's pe the people that are complaining. This is the second time they've seen it in their lives. We're all too young to really remember the Gretzky glory days, right? Like this is incredible. We have a guy that we literally can basically count on to be two points a game. 
Oh and, yeah. Or be down on four it. to one and then just kind of have the feeling like you're probably, we're probably going to come out of this. Just okay. enjoy it. Just enjoy well, it. That's all I, that's thing, all, all I know I'm that say. everyone gets, everyone's going to get hung up about the Stanley cup part of it. And that's fair. This is what yeah. you, you know, you fight for the championships, but you're right, Elliot, sit back and enjoy it. Let me remind you when people think back about Gretzky, obviously you have four Stanley cups before the trade, right? Those are huge, incredibly exciting moments. But I also ask you, go ask some of the guys who lived at that time. Ask your aunts and your uncles and your your moms and dads what their favorite or most iconic memories are. A lot of them are going to say 50 goals in 39 games. Guess 50 what? and 39. 50 they and 39. did that in 82. 100%. They didn't win the Stanley Cup. Okay? The moments you get like that are like are once in a lifetime moments he this season you're never going to see this kind of season this way again because hopefully hopefully we never see it again because you're never gonna have a, a season this short and he's just on a different level he when he goes off i mean it's the same we've all we've all talked about it but i you know you sit there you're just elevated out of your chair the second he hits that second gear it's like you're playing nhl and somebody's hit the speed mm -hmm. boost for the first time in the game he just it's but Elliot, you are a hundred percent right. Sit back, Edmonton. Enjoy this. Mm -hmm. You may never see it and again. Just hope we hope that we sign Tyson Berry again, so that this kind of stuff can happen. Not happen. But that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. Uh, we will leave it there. We're way over time. This is going to be a long episode, but that's okay. That's topic two. Okay. Topic two. Yeah, that was topic two. Are you feeling hungry? Busy Bee Vegan is a plant-based meal prep service offering pre-made, delicious, and healthy plant-based meals to the greater Toronto area. Whether you're curious about plant-based vegan eating, looking to improve your overall health and wellness, or simply too busy to cook, Busy Bee is for you. Their plans are focused on eating clean without sacrificing taste and contributing to a healthy planet. They have made it super simple. Choose and order your meals from the multiple plans they offer, and they will deliver your meals in environmentally friendly compostable containers right to your door. You can find them on Instagram at Busy Bee Vegan Meals or on Facebook at Busy Bee Vegan. Go check out a small local business in Toronto and save the hassle of COVID grocery shopping and cooking. Let the Busy Bees feed you buzz-worthy meals. Okay, topic three, the old classic, everybody's favorite, hats off. I'll go first. One of my favorite sporting events of the entire year, every year, is the most exciting and most exhilarating two minutes in sport, the Kentucky Derby. It's old-fashioned, I know. It's a little bit uh, controversial, I know. But it's fun. I like it. It's, it reminds me of my grandpa. And uh, I didn't get to watch it. I listened to it this year. It's the first time I have ever picked a winning horse. And so my hat goes off to Bob Baffert, who is now the standalone greatest trainer in the history of the Kentucky Derby. He has seven horses that wow. he has trained that have won the Derby. Wow. He has two of them that are triple crown winners. The only modern triple crown winners, 2015 American Pharaoh. He trained them 2018 justified. He trained them. And this year Medina spirit who won the Kentucky Derby this weekend has a chance to be his own personal Bob Baffert, triple crown, triple crown. So if he's able to win the next two, the Breakness and the Belmont Stakes, Bob Baffert will have his own triple crown of triple crown winners. That would be great. Well, That's what I'm hoping for. But in the meantime, I tip my hat to the greatest trainer in Kentucky Derby history, Bob Baffert. Thanks for uh, thanks for letting me win one. That was great. What also, made you pick just that don't, horse? Because you don't bet against Bob Baffert. Uh, okay, okay. It wasn't the horse. No, Bob Baffert. <laughs> also, he's got a great name. Yeah. Bob Baffert. All right. All right. 
Uh, Braden, who, who, who are you tipping your hat to? All right, I'm tipping my hat uh, to um, Bev Facey alumni who just got drafted in the NFL round four, pick 126. Chuba Hubbard is a Carolina Panther. Uh, that's really exciting. Uh, Sherwood Park product. Uh, he's going to be Christian McCaffrey's backup. He's going to learn a lot, and uh, it'll be really cool to see another Canadian in the NFL. I mean, he'll be lucky to be his backup right away, but well, he's going to like he's going <laughs> to get. He's got a chance. Lot. He was the top rusher last year before uh, COVID, I believe. He was the top rusher in the entire NCAA for for yards, which is pretty exciting. But he did opt out this year, right? So, but that's great. An Edmonton product makes it big i think there were more canadians either a tie for the most canadians ever drafted this year or or they may have actually broke it but i know that even the two or three guys who weren't drafted also just signed today all all of them so there are a lot of canadian talent going into the nfl which is really exciting um good good choice brayden uh elliot who do you got uh, so as you guys mentioned off the top i've been gone for the last two weeks not here um but in the episode that I was last on, I made a bold prediction and ended up being very, very wrong. And so I want to give a shout out to one Kellen Holland um, for actually doing something at the deadline. I suggested and, and predicted that they were literally going to do nothing. And even when he made the initial deal for Dmitry Kulikov, I was ready to come on this show and say that this is a nothing deal. I have since in the last two weeks, having had him on the team and watched him play and seen him play those really rugged, second D minutes that, uh, that, and, and play them well alongside um, uh, Larson. Uh, you did do something at the deadline. I was wrong. So my hat's off to Ken Holland for basically doing the impossible and doing something for the Edmonton Oilers uh, during the trade, trade deadline, given all of the constraints, salary cap, bodies coming in and out, already having too many people, already having made a bunch of moves, uh, it expansion was really draft. expansion draft. There were so many things that just led me to the belief that there's just like absolutely no way that he's going to do anything consequential. He managed to do something con- consequential. I was wrong. It happens, you know, when we were talking about generational talents, this happens once in a generation for me. Uh, I, I, I apologize and hats off to Ken Holland this week. <laughs> what was it? Tanti, uh, uh, Tanti, Tanti polling got it wrong once, once, once. For the first time. Well, because he's the Hall of Famer builder. He's a, you know, he's you know, been around the block. I got to say, I, I haven't got to watch as many other games in the last couple of weeks as I'd like because I'm working on a movie, but it, and I've been working late. So I haven't had as many times to watch it. But I did watch, I think, his first game against Winnipeg the other night. Um, and he looked horrible. And then I listened to the next game and I was like, okay, he, I think he's figuring it out. And I think part of it is it's a hell of a transition after having not played for a week. But now, like you said, Elliot, he definitely is that kind of grinding guy who's gotten, he's exactly what we needed right now, especially with Slater Cuckoo hurt. Cause early on, I was really impressed with what Slater Cuckoo brought to our team and unfortunately broke his collarbone, but yeah, a good move by Holland for sure. And, and uh, the kind of thing, the kind of, the kind of move that, you know, isn't a big and flashy but probably gets the job done uh, when you, where you need it and hopefully gives us the depth we need going to the playoffs. That was a lot of fun, guys. Thank you, uh, Elliot, for coming back and joining us this week. And Braden, uh, I don't know about uh, all of your takes, but uh, I think most of them this week were on point. We'll see how Elliot does when it comes to any bold predictions he's made and whether or not Darnell Nurse is a candidate for the Norris or not. But uh, either way, thank you both for joining me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. We hope... Uh, 
you'll have a good way, uh, rest of your week. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as always. And uh, that's Hatrick. Hatrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. That was Patrick. Oh, fuck. I almost got it. I almost got it before you there.